Hey, this is Sean Leary, and welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited conversation with newsmakers in the Quad Cities. And my guest this week is Nikki Gillette, who I've worked with before on a number of projects, including uh, Shots to the Heart, which we did last year around this time. Nikki is also one of the creative forces behind Show Us Your Pokeballs, which is, by my estimation, it's the fastest growing comedy show in the Quad Cities. Certainly, it seems like it oh, to me. Very nice view. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, just as an obs- and as an observer, it seems like you guys have really taken off, and that's not discounting, you know, the establishment or you know any of the stuff going on at the speakeasy or whatever. But you guys are all over the place. I mean, you're going to conventions, you're doing stuff not just locally but regionally and nationally as well. Yeah, and that's really cool. So there's a lot of stuff that you've got going on, and you've got a new show coming up. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for that because, you know, being that I've written and directed variety shows, I always love seeing other people doing stuff oh, like that. Sure. That's really cool. So, anyway, thank you very much, Nikki Gillette, for being on QC Uncut. Thank you for having me, Sean. Um, okay, I guess you just ask questions and I just I just talk, ask right? questions and you just talk. That's how this works. Okay. And it is completely unedited and uncut. So, okay. if you say something, then you can't be like, oh, rewind that. <laughs> <laughs> can you edit that out? Right, right. It well, if you know, you can swear. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna edit that or anything. We'll just we'll just put a disclaimer and say there is salty language on here. Yeah, so parents, with me. Yeah. Yes, yes, I know. So parents should be aware. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about. Um, obviously, you've done a lot of stand up, and you've got a new album out and such and everything. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about show us your pokeballs. That is. When did it? It first got started about a year and a half ago. Yeah, we're gonna be um, two years old on Valentine's okay, Day, actually. Yep. Um, so our first show we had at Anime Milwaukee, and it was just myself, Ian Heaton, and Ben Graham, and we ran it as a panel mm-hmm. type of show. Um, so that was our first showing, and it was on Valentine's Day. And I can't believe we're gonna be two already. That's crazy. <laughs> Now, where did you get the idea for this? I know this is such a cool idea. I remember when I first interviewed you guys for this show, and I was like, this is such a great idea. I can't imagine that this will not be successful. It's nerd comedy for nerds, with nerd, of course, being a very you know affectionate yeah. term. Yes. I consider myself a nerd or a geek, yeah. too, as and well. It's so. a very loose term, because right. we don't want to just limit it to one type of nerd. I mean, geek culture enco- encompasses a yeah. bunch of different stuff. I mean, you could be a nerd for sports. You could be a nerd for science science fiction it's we want when i chose comedians to be a part of this troupe i wanted to hit on people who would kind of hit um just kind of every genre of nerd so that's why i have um my new co-host steve he's kind of you know the sports geek he knows everything about sports um i have one person who's just kind of um a dork within himself i have one who's kind of like (laughs) the anime nerd um but who's the dork within themselves um that would be q um uh, we call him our accordion boy um he's also a comedy musician but he plays an accordion and sings and he just writes just these wacky off the wall songs so just his personality in general is such a good fit for us because he's just silly and, <laughs> and dorky. And it's like, yeah, you're perfect for this. Come join. Hopefully he's not offended by that. But, you know. <laughs> you can you can apologize to him if you'd like to. <laughs> Sorry, Q. <laughs> we love you. 
So what gave you the idea for this? Was this something that you were, had always wanted to do had, you know, for a while? Or was this just something like, did you see something where you were like, you know, wow, that, you know, it'd be a really cool idea if we did something like this. You know what? Um, I actually was asked to do a show at a convention in Des Moines. It was called Icon. And that was being run by um, Dan Umtham, who's a really big name out in the Des Moines comedy scene. And he produces a lot of cool stuff. Um, but he asked me to come be a part of it because he knew I kind of was into cosplay and all of that. And I got the idea, and I was like, you know what? This would be, like, really cool to just do on my own and, like, get a couple of my own, like, kind of nerdy friends and go do this. Um, So really what I just wanted to do was kind of fuse my love of geek culture and conventions and comedy and do something with that. So... I expressed the idea to Ben and Ian, and they were all excited about it, and we just made it happen, and we got, you know, free badges to run the panel, so we had to, like, cover our own hotel and all of that stuff, too, but um, it just ended up becoming something bigger and more monstrous than I thought it was going to be, (laughs) which is um, a little overwhelming at times, but I'm really excited to see where it keeps going. Now, what have been some of the things that have surprised you about it? Because, yeah, I mean, like I said, you guys have taken off, and I think it's you struck a chord with a lot of people. A lot of people are into a lot of this stuff. And, I mean, when I was growing up, when I was in junior high, I used to get beat up for it. So, And now it's a little bit more acceptable. You know, it's like, oh, wow, I wish that it was cool to like Doctor Who when I was 12. You know? <laughs> well, I think part of the appeal of it is just because geek culture is so popular right, right now, and right. it's so much more acceptable and, you know, oh, you know, in to, like, Uh, nerdy stuff that it takes off that way. Um, But also just knowing our audience was a big part of it and targeting our audience is partly the reason this blew up as much as it did. And knowing how to talk to people, how to get people to come in and see the shows. I mean, just by passing out flyers at Anime Central our first year, we packed the room with 200 people. Mm -hmm. And having good quality performers i mean my performers are all good they're all funny they're all very talented and they're all very passionate about being a part of this so having that passion and that talent you know we're putting on these shows for the right audience with a good product and it's just the right formula to Mm -hmm. make magic happen i guess Now, why do you think geek culture has taken off so much? Um, do you think that part of it has to do with the popularity of the Big Bang Theory, or do you think that this is something that came about and started? It really started turning around. I mean, it was before Big Bang. I think Big Bang kind of mainstreamed it a little bit, but it was starting to really kind of take off before the creators of that show really capitalized on it. But why do you think that all of a sudden people started to have started to embrace these things, whereas before they shunned them or treated people who were into them as prize? You know what? I don't think I would really be able to give a solid answer on that. I think it's like, um, I think it's a whole bunch of different stuff. I mean, there was, you know, the whole hipster fashion lifestyle movement where, you know, liking things that weren't popular was popular all of a sudden um, and liking retro things. And I think, you know, the movie industry really brought about a new love for things like, you know, DC Marvel, all of that stuff. So that made comic books kind of hit the scene again and become really popular and um, anime in itself has been kind of like um, not popular but well liked Mm -hmm. since I was in high school at least Um, so I think that's just kind of grown in popularity. Cosplay's just become more acceptable and Mm -hmm. it's just somehow worked its way into mainstream fashion and media and 
we have like the Heroes of Cosplay show and sure. Face Off and all of that stuff. So I think that's just. I don't know. It's a combo of things. <laughs> I don't think it's just one specific thing that really contributed to it. You know, you do cosplay as well. And what are some of the things about, you know, some of the misconceptions that you would like to uh, allay in regard to cosplay? Some of the things that, you know, you'd like to explain to people for people who are, you know, either not familiar with it or are kind of sort of know what it is, but not really. Um, well, I guess first off, it's been a while since I've really cosplayed. Um, but I would say first off, it's it's not a weird fetish thing. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. It's not like supposed to be anything sexual and it's also not necessarily role play. Um, people will think like, oh, are you acting as that character? Are you performing? And it's like, no, it's just dressing up and, you know, sharing your love of that character with other people. Um, I think it's very artistic and expressive because a lot of people will, they'll either, you know, try to get the exact details down to the point mm-hmm. um, with everything with their costumes or they might you know kind of put their own spin and interpretation on it and I think it's just a really cool um, way to kind of express yourself and your love for your fandoms yeah I think it's really cool I mean it's really a creative expression in and of itself um one of the other shows um, was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think, was one of the ones that was really kind of at, you know, because all the people in Buffy were more or less, like, kind of, like, you know, the outcasts, and they became, you know, popular, and that show became popular, and it really kind of opened the doors up. And also the reboot of Doctor Who, too. I mean, that was huge. You went from Doctor Who being something that was very, very much on the fringe to extremely popular. Any thoughts on why all of a sudden became popular? Um, again, I'm just not really sure. Just maybe, like, <laughs> I, it kind of goes back to, you know, the rest retro theory like just people getting into things that are older and those becoming popular um i guess my mom watched doctor who when she was in college she was telling me so it's been around forever and ever and ever Um, (laughs) it's been around since like the early 60s yeah oh yeah so i'm not a big whovian so i don't know all the history about it sadly but um steve would have been able to fill you in more on that but um but again i just think it's kind of that love of retro Mm -hmm. so Let's get on to something that I know you will be able to answer questions on, and that is show us your Pokeballs. Mm-hmm. Can you describe like, the show to somebody who's maybe never seen it or is like, you know, maybe on the fence about going to see a show or whatever? What exactly is one what the show's like and what does it entail? Okay. Um, well, it kind of depends on what type of show you want to see. Um, we offer, I, we like I said, we've really grown. We've become like this big um, troop not necessarily just a show, but we offer a wide variety of things now, especially when we travel. Um, Our tagline is that we're comedy for nerds by nerds. We're a bunch of nerdy people who like a bunch of nerdy stuff, and we like to go share our nerdiness and our humor with others. Um, If someone was coming to see one of our stand-up shows for the first time, I would tell them to expect... um, a Dalek attack. <laughs> Hopefully not. But um, I would tell them to ex- um, I would tell them to expect, you know, stand-up comedy that is geared towards kind of every type of geek. So if you like comic books, there's usually someone telling a comic book joke. If you're a nerd for um, literature, there's sometimes that too. Um, if you like Harry Potter, there's Harry Potter jokes here and there. And even if you're just kind of not super nerdy at all, there's still some general humor in there too. We like to keep a mix of it just to keep everyone entertained. Um, now when we go to our conventions, we 
offer um, a bunch of different things for people to experience. The fan favorite is the R-rated stand-up show, mm-hmm. and that's you know what we're known for, and that's our staple show. Um, so we usually do that, and then some of our newer things we offer is we offer. Um, an all-ages friendly improv show, or at least PG-13. So we also do improv and we'll play games that are kind of altered to kind of fit with convention themes. And um, we'll also offer an R-rated version of the show too. So if you want a little bit more of an adult spin on it, you can see either or. Um, And we also offer workshops in helping people who want to become comedians kind of play around with that. We offer um, a workshop that's called An Otaku's Intro to Improv. An Otaku means like anime nerd. (laughs) like Japanophile anime Japanese like person who's like super into that stuff Um, and we'll guide people through that it's like a two hour workshop and we teach them all the basics of improv and it's super fun and it's judgment free and everyone always has a good time with that Um, And then I started offering one that's more geared towards women who want to get into comedy. So it's more female empowerment and working with girls on that who want to be performers but are a little bit shy getting out there or might be intimidated by, you know, a a big guy (laughs) and all of that. So, yeah, we do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it's not like hentai improv. Bring bring your own BYOT. Bring your own. (laughs) You know what? That's not a bad idea for a show, though. (laughs) I'm going to run that by the guys later. (laughs) So, tell me a bit about you got a variety show coming up. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what gave you the idea for that? And um, when is it coming up? Uh, Well, our new variety show is called Cheat Code, and that will be happening on February 25th. Um, So it's kind of, you know, our happy birthday and new show debut at the same time. Um, We actually came up with the variety show because I met with Brett Hitchcock, who runs the Circa 21 Speakeasy. And we were kind of brainstorming because he was a little worried about numbers um, with our Speakeasy shows being a little bit lower. We were getting, you know, maybe 25 people on a bad night, 50 people on a good night. Um, But he wanted to say, like, how could we branch this out and get repeat customers and really build a fan base here in the Quad Cities? Um, So we came up with the idea of the variety show where we could incorporate a little bit of everything. We could have a little bit of stand-up, some sketch, a lot of improv. We want to have a really heavy improv focus because they really want to bring that back to the speakeasy. And we're going to make it a little bit more general. Um, Last year's speakeasy shows, we always had a theme. We did a Game of Thrones show. We did a Doctor Who show. We did a Harry Potter show. Um, In October, we did Walking Dead. But we're going to eliminate that so that way our audiences don't feel so cornered. So if they're not, you know, necessarily into Walking Dead, they don't feel like they would not enjoy the show or anything. So this will just be broad and open to pretty much everyone. Now, um, obviously, you know, improv is completely of the moment, but nevertheless, you know, you and I both know there are a lot of games and parameters in regard to improv. Can you talk about that or compare it to anything that people maybe have seen before that, you know, you're like, oh, if you like this, then you might really like this? Well, I would say if you liked Whose Line Is It Anyway, I mean then that's kind of what we're doing. It's going to be short-form games. Um, We have a brand-new crop of performers in the troupe who are going to be um, a part of this new Cheat Code show. So they're not 
the stand-up comedians that usually travel with me and do the convention shows, they're actually, you know, brand new, freshly brought in. They're from all walks of comedy life. Um, we have two performers who have never done comedy before, and they're brand new, so we're training them, and they're doing an awesome job. Um, we have a couple people who were in Blacklist who have kind of started hanging out with us and performing with us because they're also kind of dorky. Um, and... We have one girl, um, actually you know her, you know Molly Wilkieson, because sure, she was yeah. in the Shots yeah. to the Heart show, who's, you know, more acting and theater based, so she's really good with characters, and she's really got good stage presence, so we've got just kind of everyone who has different things to offer and different talents, and it's going to be a really good fusion. Cool. Uh, who are some of the people that are involved? Oh, okay, let's see, there's Jessica. Molly, <laughs> yeah, there's Molly, there's um, Steve Jennings, who is my co-host now, um, Joshua Khan is no longer co-hosting with me, because he's pursuing other things. Um, but that's and that is an amicable thing because I know usually it's like oh, he's pursuing other things like not working with me. <laughs> well, it was an amicable parting. However, I do have to rub it in his face a little bit here, and it's his loss because we just got an all-expense-paid trip to Ohio to do a weekend, so he's missing out on all the big kid gigs. Like <laughs> it's like you left at the wrong time. Like, um, but it's okay. I still love him, kinda. Um, but we. Have <laughs> I like how you said the kinda in there. <laughs> um, but we also have Craig Gall. Um, he's actually a filmmaker and photographer with Nine Ten Entertainment. That's his own business. Someone who's reaching into um, performance and all of that. Uh, we have Bobby Murray, who is a vocalist for um, the metal band um, Late December. We have. It's Jessica Gorgon, who was a former Blacklist performer. We have Becky Reynolds, who is a former Blacklist performer. Um, who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing people. If I am, I apologize to them. <laughs> like I said, I just got off of work, so my brain is just... Oh, yep, okay, we have J.B. McRoy, who's a for former Blacklist performer, and then Emily Lauren, who's his girlfriend, but um, she also participated in Lunchbox. She was one of the Lunchbox performers as well. Um, so, like I said, lots of different comedy backgrounds and all of that stuff. So. Now, are Ben and Ian and Tony still involved with it? No, okay. no kind of doing their own thing yep <laughs> yep they're doing their own thing <laughs> um now what are some of the things do you have any ideas or any outlines for the show that's coming up on the 25th now what time is the show on the 25th where can people get their tickets let's throw that in there yes. and, it, and let's throw in the website plug so that people can write that down too all right so um for the show itself um like i said it's on saturday february 25th it doors open at seven the show starts at eight um tickets can be bought in advance you can call the circa 21 box office um and those will be ten dollars if you want to just pay at the door day of show it's $12, so not too much of a difference, but you reserve your seat. Um, you can look up the event. You can look us up on Facebook. Just look up Show Us Your Pokeballs. Give us a like if you want, um, and you can see our list of shows, our full 2017 list of shows, because we are pretty much booked up for the year already, um, is suypcomedy.com. Cool. Um, and, of course, it's at the Speakeasy, which is right next to Circa 21 in downtown Rock Island. Um, let's talk about um, the fact that you do have all these shows booked up and everything. How does how does that feel to, you know, have this full slate of shows and to be that in demand? It's awesome. I sent a lot of emails. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty much in November of last year was when I started booking things up. And a lot of it was first, you know, reworking stuff with Brad at the Speakeasy and getting some of those shows for 2017 on there and then 
kind of calling up venues that we had worked with in the past and saying, hey, would you like to have us back? Here's when we're booking. Um, some of our repeat venues will be Augustana College. Um, last year we worked with their anime club and put on a show, and they loved it and said they wanted to have us back next year. So we're doing that in March. Um, Soma Ultra Lounge in Champaign-Urbana was another one we had worked with last year that they're having us back again um, this year. And then our... Our new kind of off-the-wall show that we did with the Governor's Mansion in Iowa City um, was Geek House Party. And they actually have us on the books twice next year after our first event because they had such a good time. And that was an all-night thing. We had Super Smash Brothers going. We had two comedy shows. Um, we had just lots of drinking. <laughs> um, they got um, one of their friends who was like a vinyl spinning DJ to come in and DJ. It was a really good time. Um, there were lots of people i didn't go to bed till 4 30 <laughs> but yeah that's another one of our big events that i'm looking forward to cool now let's talk a little bit about your background when did you get into comedy and music and what was it that kind of drew you into it um well i started doing comedy um a little over three years ago um when i first got into it improv was actually my first thing um i auditioned for the blacklist got in and started doing improv but a lot of the people in my i guess quote-unquote pledge class all the other noobs um they did stand-up too and so i would watch them and i'm like oh that's kind of cool so in june i was like okay I'll try this out and see what happens. Ended up really liking doing it and kept doing it. Bombed a lot. <laughs> that will happen when you start yeah. doing stand-up, yes. I've done that yeah. before. Bombed a lot, um, but did not give up. And I started writing songs. Um, actually, February 8th is when I first debuted my first um, Nintendo and Whiskey was uh, my first song. Did you ever intentionally bomb? I love doing that. I, if the audience was like obnoxious i would go out there and intentionally bomb i hate bombing so much i know it's part of the learning process and it's good to bomb because it teaches you what you can do better i hate bombing but it's fun though i mean it's fun to get any kind of reaction sometimes it's i don't know it's maybe i'm just weird in that way but i i always thought it was kind of like interesting to see what kind of reactions you could get yeah. not, other than laughter just to see the reactions that people have on their face and whatever yeah no i i definitely prefer them to laugh because <laughs> that means i did my job but because <laughs> um, I, especially open mics it's not so bad if I bomb I mean uh -huh. I'm trying out new material it's going to be hit or miss but when it's with a showcase like you know someone paid me to be here I want to do well I don't want to <laughs> you know mess this up right but um well, sometimes they pay me to be there. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but, you know, I started doing comedy music um, that following February and pretty much just have exclusively done it ever since. I don't know why. It just songs were my niche, and that's what I wanted to keep doing. Um, and I wrote a bunch of them, and then three years later, I came out with a CD. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you about next is you have what you have a new CD. Now, is it an actual CD, or do you just have it on iTunes digitally? Um, um, you can buy a physical CD um, for $15 through my website. It's NikkiGillette.com. Um, but it's also available for download on Spotify, on iTunes, on Amazon. Um, I went through CD Baby for the production of everything. And so they release your stuff like everywhere. And it's super nice because now it's pretty much distributed all over. So hopefully it can be heard by lots of people. And <laughs> 
Yeah, we did that um, back in 2004 when I did your favorite band. We we have it on CD, baby. You have that. It's like a greatest hits yeah. of all these local musicians and stuff. What led you to um, get into that and to do a CD? And also, you're doing a CD with your band Super Glacier as well. Um, and what are the, obviously you didn't mention the name of the CD. <laughs> um, well, my CD is hashtag magical um, because I bill myself as a magical girl, haha, <laughs> nerdy thing. Um, but I guess I'd been doing it for so long. Um, I mean, doing it for three years. And I was just like, you know what? I've got all these songs, and why not? Like, a couple people have said, oh, you should put out a CD, or where can we, like, listen to your music, or anything like that. It's just nice to have something that's, you know, professionally recorded, that sounds really good, and I can look back on it, you know, maybe three years from now and be proud of it or disgusted by it, you know, (laughs) who knows? I mean, you should always be proud of something that you actually put out there. I mean, because even if, you know, you look back on it and you're like, oh, well, I could have done this better, I could have done that. But the thing is, is that this is where you're at right now in your creative evolution. Mm -hmm. And so I I always say that to people. I'm like, follow your own voice and do, you know, put out what you've got right now because, you know, you're going to look back on it and say, oh, well, I wish I would have done that, you know, at the time. So why not do it? Right. I will say, though, with Super Glacier, which is the electronica band I'm a part of with um, Chris Affman and Kevin Smith, we're not really working on a CD right now. We're more just working on getting music out there in general. Um, We released our first single, which was Monsters, um, a few months ago, and we have one more that's very close to being done, and we just put down lyrics for three more. So we have a lot of stuff in the works, um, but only one that's actually been released. So it's just a matter of getting all that out there. Well, it's so much easier now. I mean, would you, you know, I'm assuming you guys use Pro Tools and such and everything. And I'm assume, also assuming that CD Baby is a lot easier and a lot faster to deal with yeah. than it was like a decade ago. So... Um, are you working on another CD, or is it? Are do you have more material than you wanted to do when you put one out? Or um, I have, I still have lots of material, just not the stuff on my CD. But it will probably be a while before I put anything out, mm-hmm. just to you know give it time and give myself time to grow as a comedian and get better, and then you know maybe three years from now do it again. Mm-hmm. Cool. Who are some of your influences? Who are some of the people that you know maybe you saw growing up and you're like, oh, I'd kind of like to be like that person, or th- who currently influence you? Um, well, definitely Bo Burnham is probably, like, my big, you know, oh, my God, famous comedian inspiration. He's so fun to watch because um, it's more of a performance art for him versus just singing his songs. Or mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole production, and it's really cool. Um, Garfunkel and Oates, I mean, they're adorable, right, and they're right, funny, uh, and, the, you know, the ukulele stuff um, is, is always cool. Um and I would say, like, local influences, um, other Iowa comedians that I really look up to and respect. Um, Claire Roth is one of them. She's actually newer, um, but she's just hit the ground running. She's definitely one you want to keep an eye on. She's very, very good. Um, Mike Lucas has kind of mentored me. He's out of Iowa City. Um, he's kind of the person I go to when I have, you know, new joke ideas, new lyrics, and he's very supportive of everything I've done there. Um, I would also, you know, say Steve Jennings for sure. I mean, he co-hosts with me. We work on a lot of stuff together, so we have kind of that good bond going. Um, and let's see. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head, but there's a lot of people locally I really like. <laughs> Too many a name. 
Is there any, you know, when you're growing up, what led you to want to become a performer? And how do you feel about being a performer? Are there still times when you're nervous about it? Or do you feel pretty comfortable in regard to what you're doing right now? I'll be blunt. I don't know how the fuck I became a performer. (laughs) It just kind of (laughs) happened. But... It was one of those things that all of a sudden I started doing it and I never want to stop and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I mean, if I could pay my bills this way and make a really good living um, touring and doing stuff like that, absolutely. I would quit my day job in a heartbeat and do that all the time. Um, probably not a super healthy lifestyle being on the road all the time, but, you know, it'd be great. Right. What do you think is um, one of the most important things in regard to, um, I mean, one, I know you also teach mm-hmm. art, if you don't mind me mentioning that as well. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, and, and there's a certain, you know, equality to the arts where, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're a man, you're a woman, you know, what race you are, what religion you are, whatever. If you can make people laugh, if you can entertain people, mm-hmm. then people will accept you. Yeah. Do you do you think that that ties in kind of with the show us your Pokeballs ethos as well, where you've got this kind of, you know, equalizing force? You know, we all laugh. We all want to be happy. We all want to have fun. Um, how do you think that that plays into your shows and your comedy? Um, well, I mean, I think that with Show Us Your Pokeballs, we're very equal um, because there's just kind of this unity in the things we enjoy and our love of entertaining people. We all want to make people laugh and we all want to geek out. And that's really brought us together. Also, when you spend seven hours in a car with those people <laughs> and you share one hotel room with them for an entire weekend, you get close whether you want to be or not. <laughs> You're going to learn every disgusting thing about each other. <laughs> but it makes it fun. And um, I think show us your Pokeballs because we do that, because we travel, because we do these traveling shows where we have to be in close quarters. We have a lot more of a close bond than, you know, just your general stand-up showcase. Mm-hmm. Right. What are some things that you have not done that you want to do or, you know, ideally, you mentioned, oh, if I could just do this and make money on it. What are some things that you'd really, really like to do down the down the road? Down the road? Um, I would like to go on my own tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty, I wouldn't say popular, but it's a lot of comedians who are kind of Pro-Am, they can set up their own tours um, individually and, you know, take a friend for an opener and then just go. Um, I would love to... (laughs) I would love to get to that point where I could, you know, make my own tour and go on tour for a couple weeks during the summer and make that happen. Um, I would love for Pokeballs to be guests at, like, a really big-name convention, like something like Anime Central or just, like, Chicago Comic-Con, just something that's more... has a stronger attendance. Um, That would be amazing for us, I feel. Um, And that's really all I can think of. Maybe put out another CD. Maybe write a book about how awesome I am. I don't know. <laughs> That's what you could title the book. How awesome I, How awesome am I? Uh-huh. Oh, there's a spot yeah. where I can <laughs> There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> right next to how to be black. <laughs> right. There you go. Um, so anything we have not talked about that you want to touch upon, that you, that you, the floor is yours. What would you like to talk about that we haven't spoken about? Okay, um, well, I guess first, thank you for taking the time to have me on your little podcast and sure. let me plug all the stuff that I do. Nikki, um, it's a huge podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So It's the most tremendous podcast ever in the history of podcasts. People are saying, people are talking about this podcast. Thank you for having me on your huge, ginormous you. podcast. That's better. Let me let me be real here. I was trying to you know be humble about it. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. We gotta be, be gotta be big. Um, I'll just reiterate that we have our debut of our cheat code variety show for Show Us Your Pokeballs on Saturday, February twenty fifth at the Circa Twenty One Speakeasy. Please come to that. Um, just because you will enjoy yourself. Uh-huh. It's going to be a lot of fun. That We're meeting every single week. I'm actually going to be on my way to go-go <laughs> rehearsal after we're done here. We meet every week. We're working on sketches. We're practicing improv games. These guys are really busting their asses on this. So definitely come and check it out and reap the wool. Help them reap the rewards of that. Cool. Now, what's the website, and where can people get tickets again? Um, well, people can get tickets from the Circa 21 box office. They can call that number up. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I think it's... 786-7733, extension 2. All right. Thank you, Sean. Um, <laughs> um, they can also just get the details off of our Facebook page. If they go to Show Us Your Pokeballs on Facebook, we have an event made for that show right there. They can RSVP and see updates there, too. Awesome. Nikki, thank you so much for... For being a guest on QC Uncut. We hope you have enjoyed your time here on the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So check it out. Show us your Pokeballs. Cheat code. February 25th at the Speakeasy in downtown Rock Island. And once again, thank you so much for listening to QC Uncut with Sean Leary. Have a good day.